0: This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Falkman. He is Eric Strickland, and we're pleased to be joined on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline 424 by Mitch with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you guys? Oh, we're not too bad. Just uh, getting, trying to get to the weekend, and we're almost there. Um, it'll be an Sure! Ex- yeah. <laughs> the weekend's here, baby. We are, We made it. It's
1: another time <laughs> to get in the weekend, but the only difference is, is y'all freezing, and I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's fair enough uh Strix down in Florida so he always uh has his fun uh out there but uh yeah we're a little bit cold um uh, but somebody that was uh pretty hot last night was Samari Toure at the east west shrine game it's kind of fun we were running through our top 10 receivers uh that, that suited up for the Huskers since the year 2000 do you think that he would uh, th- that he would qualify even th- with just one year well, his season in
2: 2021 uh, puts him in the conversation. I mean, he, he definitely would be in a top 10 season uh, conversation without without any any worry at all. Um, it was, I'd say, one of the three or four best seasons by a receiver in the last 20 years. Now, I mean, you start going back um, into previous eras, and it's hard to compare. Um, certainly, like um, Irving Fryer and Johnny Rogers, uh, because the numbers look different than they do today with the offenses, but. Um, in, in this era of football, um, I would say his season last year was, uh, about as good as, as we've seen other than maybe, uh, Stanley Morgan in, uh, in 2017, um, or 2018, it was, that was his thousand yard season. Um, so yeah, I mean, based on that, um, and, and you know, we'll see what, what, what his future holds, but holds. But I think not just last night, but the whole week that Samari had at the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, Is going to be beneficial for him in uh, in improving his draft stock. I think he gets he gets um, he gets an opportunity definitely now in the NFL, one way or another. Probably would have anyway, but now more of a priority for some team. And and, you know, I I think he's the kind of guy with his um, you know he was a professional really this year at Nebraska in a lot of ways. Um, So he knows what that takes knows knows what that takes. Uh, um, and, and I think he's going to make a franchise uh, happy in the NFL that they picked him up.
0: And Mitch, I also saw you, you tweeting last night too about kind of in regards to it because we all know Nebraska's red zone woes last year, and so you kind of thought he scored two red zone touchdowns. You know, Austin Allen kind of a red zone uh, touch, a red zone um, threat there in the end zone as well. That, that Nebraska um, really struggled there, and, and, and maybe why they didn't use those guys more.
2: Well, Nebraska actually at the Big Ten in um, in touchdown percentage in the red zone, which I know is difficult to, to fathom. And, the, and the, the percentages are pretty bunched up um, near the top. The Huskers were 36 nationally, first in the Big Ten at 66% in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So, you know, while that one item was not a huge problem or really a problem at all for Nebraska in, in 21, it was in 20. You know, scoring just in general, was a problem and then overall red zone efficiency was a problem and we know about you know some of the more detail um details like uh late game situations um t- untimely turnovers things like that um you know I, I do think that nebraska could have used him even more and you know we saw those skills on display you know i didn't watch the game but i saw the highlights not just of him catching a couple of touchdowns but um you know his his uh, his blocking on the other touchdown that his team scored that, that sprung free a, uh, a receiver from South Dakota State to score a touchdown. I mean, he's a he's a team guy, um, you know, again, carrying over some of those traits that, uh, you know, that made him so valuable for Nebraska uh, during the season into the, uh, into the Shrine Bowl. Um, yeah, I mean, when Nebraska got in the red zone and needed to throw the ball, um, you know, it wasn't, it, it was always something of an adventure. And it probably shouldn't have been, as difficult as it was with one, a mobile quarterback who keeps that defense, uh, guessing, um, you know, and then w- when you, when you consider the weapons like Austin Allen, um, and Toure and, and Omar Manning, uh, yeah, I think they should have, with the success that Nebraska had scoring touchdowns, uh, in the red zone, I think it could have been even greater if they would have, um, you know, perhaps had better pass protection and, and then just overall, uh, been, been, um, you know, using those, Overall, would he use those weapons a little bit more, a little bit differently?
1: Yeah, Mitch, um, you know, obviously we're coming off National Signing Day. There's there's some teams that are quite happy and there's some teams that's getting some uh, some Twitter flack, uh, i.e. Texas (laughs) A&M. But Mm -hmm. uh, we we know that uh, there's some some winners and losers when you assess those things. What are your top two winners and top two losers of uh, this year's National Signing Day? All around the country. Um, Well, I mean, you mentioned A&M
2: Strick, and and, you know, they they have taken some um, some chiding from uh, fans of other programs. But I can assure you that the the uh, um, the uh, the Texas A&M program, the coaches, the fans in in College Station and around Texas who cheer for that program um, are making no apologies and and are plenty happy with being able to beat Alabama, uh, beat LSU. You know, you go across into the other division in the in the SEC, beat Georgia uh, in 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 recruiting, and and have the the haul of of five star players and four star players. I think it was seven five stars that the Aggies signed. So, um, however they're doing it, you know, as long as it's w- within the rules, and and I, 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 I you know, it is uh, because really <laughs> everything is within the rules now with with the way NIL works. Um, and Jimbo Fisher came out and was. Was defensive about the suggestion that NIL played a role in the Aggies' recruiting. I think it's it's naive to think that it did not. Um, of course, it did in some way, and it played a role for Nebraska to get the transfers that it got. It played a role for um, all of the teams that you'll find at the top of the recruiting rankings um, in in getting these classes. But you know, I'd put the Aggies right there at the top of the list nationally um, of mm-hmm. teams that uh, that that you know elevated their programs uh status with with this signing period you know usc is another one that you can look at um because mm. of uh of the job that lincoln riley did in, in in the two months that he was on um on the job in los angeles you know both through the transfer portal and in recruiting and some of it is going to pay off in 2023 and years down the road with players that he's gotten commitments from um so those two teams are 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 right there there, there are a number you know you, you know strict that everybody is a winner on signing day and it's hard to pick losers on signing day because every coach stands up there and talks about the great job that his staff did um, in recruiting there are no losers on signing day only two three years down the road when we see um, some of these classes inevitably fall flat
1: I think a loser is Auburn right now but th- that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's just me for I reasons think that go they're... beyond signing day <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right thanks Mitch
0: all right, I'm going into uh, uh, kind of the Harbaugh thing. That was kind of been interesting. Um, he says he's, he's he said that he's fully committed to Michigan now. After even going to signing day and, and um, you know having interviews with NFL jobs, do you do you believe that he's fully committed to Michigan um, now? Or, or I mean, it, it's hard to imagine if the right NFL job comes around that he still wouldn't think twice about it.
2: I think he's fully committed to Michigan for 2022.
0: Um, probably not going
2: to see another NFL head coaching job come open, uh, you know, here after the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I think from, from Black Monday um, at the end of the regular season right on through these last few weeks, um, the NFL openings, at least for head coaching jobs, are, are pretty much set, and it doesn't appear that he's going to get one. Uh, I mean, he wasn't fully committed to Michigan a week ago when he was ready to get on a plane and did get on a plane and go to Minneapolis and interview for the Vikings job. And I think you can put him right back in that boat at the end of, of any season in the future that he completes with the Wolverines. But, you know, that's kind of the case really with, with most coaches, Um, they're committed until they're not they're committed until uh, a better offer comes along. And now um, with the transfer portal, it's really not all that much different with players. So in some way, Uh, the the playing field is more level across across the sport. You know, the coaches can leave, the players can leave. Um, That's kind of a fact that we have to accept. But, yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be at Michigan in 2022. I I think we can take that to the bank. He's going to take it to the bank, um, and he'll be committed to them, uh, you know, until some other opportunity comes up after next season or or, uh, another season down the road.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a, probably a pretty good rate to read it. Mitch Sherman of the Athletic with us here. Um, going back to national signing day, specifically now for Nebraska, um, they did get uh, two big additions to their class, um, and it moved their their team rankings up a little bit um, as far as all the you know those websites go. Um, are are you at the point where you're you're pretty bought in that they've done enough um, that this? I always call it somewhat of an experiment, right? I I think that um, I needed to be convinced after the three and nine season that if they were going to bring Frost back. It was It was going to be worth it. are you, Are you convinced that it's worth it at this point?
2: Well, it looks a lot better now. Um, it, at, le- at least the the immediate future looks a lot more attractive and and hopeful right now than I would say it did on what was it November 10th uh, when when the decision was announced and, and, and Frost uh, got rid of the four offensive assistance. You know right then at that moment, things were kind of bleak and and it, i I am surprised I can say that. Sitting here in February, I'm surprised at the amount of work, the amount of progress um, on paper, off the field. Of course, there have not been games since uh, the day after Thanksgiving, so you know you can't go collect real wins until until August. Um, but the work that they've done in these past two and a half months, um, you know, to give themselves a chance. Nebraska has lost so much um, when, when in terms of the production from the 2021 team. And most of that was expected, you know, a few pieces were not, but the majority of it was expected um, or, or at least anticipated maybe as a possibility in the case of somebody like Cam Jurgens leaving for the NFL. But, you know, they, they have given themselves an opportunity um, to, to, to move in a better direction because of the work that's been done by these new coaches and by Scott Frost, one in the portal, and then two to salvage something from this class, because really, when when you got into December, this recruiting class was looking really, um, you know, kind of kind of lackadaisical. And you know, starting with the misses that Nebraska had in its own backyard um, in the Omaha metro area. Um, and I, Strick, I know you know, you know, two of those two of those uh, close, uh, you know, two of those guys well at your alma mater at Bellevue West, who, who opted to go to Oklahoma and Auburn. Um, that, is, that is just a really difficult pill to swallow for Nebraska. And to have that as the foundation of your recruiting class and to be able to recover, you know, I'll give them credit, to be able to recover in these last few weeks and sign some players who were recruited and coveted by SEC schools, you know, it shows that they have come a long way uh, with this new staff, with the work that Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush, and then in the case of the running back from Louisiana, the job that, that, that Brian Applewhite, Nebraska's new running backs coach, has done. Um, it is impressive. It does give them an opportunity to capitalize on some of this next season to move in a good direction. And then mainly the work they've done in the transfer portal, that's that's bigger even than the recruiting, because those are those are all pieces that you have. You have hope um, if you're in Nebraska, that they can help you right away, um, you know, starting this spring.
0: And one more, one more for you, Mitch. Uh, we learned uh, at the, the signing day uh, press conference, actually, that a few guys were going to miss the upcoming spring. Uh, Travis Volkolek, uh, among them Gabe Irvin, is going to be limited. So th- those are kind of concerns on offense. But the big ones for me is uh, Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prochaska uh, will build, yeah. both be out. Maybe not necessarily surprising, but those are two guys that you expect probably to start for this team the upcoming year for what was probably the biggest weakness for this team last season. Do you see that as a, a, yet another obstacle for them to overcome, or maybe uh, more of a chance to provide some some depth to believe in behind those guys.
2: That has to be the hope if you're if you're Donnie Raiola, Nebraska's new offensive line coach, is that um, with those two guys being out, that there's opportunities created maybe for um, the Division One transfers, Hunter Anthony um, out of Oklahoma State, and Kevin Williams, the the transfer from um, Northern Colorado. One of those guys could perhaps step up, or maybe somebody like Ezra Miller. Um, who's been in the program for a couple years? Is a former highly highly rated recruit um, who, who, to Iowa, who transferred into Nebraska and really hasn't um, seen the field much. Um, somebody's going to have to step up. Somebody's going to have to play on the on the number one offensive line at those tackle spots without Prohaska and Turner Corcoran. And I don't know where Corcoran's necessarily going to fit for Nebraska when he comes back. Definitely in that in that top five. But um, you know, Scott Frost reiterated on Wednesday that he's a guy that Nebraska believes can play all five positions on the offensive line. You know, any of all five, not all five at the same time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they can stick him really anywhere, including center, um, you know, which is a, a real mystery or, or a question, a huge question for Nebraska at this point. So it is, um, it is disappointing. Um, you know, it is a setback uh, that Corcoran in particular can't get out there um, in the spring with Prohaska coming off of uh, ACL surgery. Um, and that injury was, was, was in November, it, you know, completely expected with this team starting spring practice on February 28th, that he's not going to be back out there, full speed, ready to go. And, and I think that's probably good um, coming off of his true freshman season that you take it slow with him. Um, and he's probably the guy who, who has some of the the, the lesser questions um, to be answered in, in just his short time um, with, with that offensive line last year, you know, I, I, he looks like the left tackle of the future, the next three years, he can be the guy to man that all-important position. But um, the other spots on the line, um, where Turner Corcoran fits, uh, where those two transfers fit, who else is going to um, step in and, be, and, and start, I, I do think it is the number one question um, around the entire team uh, going into, in, into this season. You know? and, and we're not going to get all the answers uh, in spring, which is, uh, which is difficult.
0: He's Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, thanks again for joining us on The Block today.
2: All right, yeah, thanks for having me. Yep,
0: there he goes. Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, always very insightful. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but uh, call right now, 402-464-5685. Reserve your spot on the game show. Shootout with Strick. If you've been listening along, uh, especially with the ticket water cooler earlier, we've been talking about Husker receivers all day long, so this is a Husker receiver-centric game show. Uh, You just have to beat Strick, and you'll walk away with $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's coming up next here on The Block.